This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Good morning and welcome to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. I'm Kendra Petroni and since April is Autism Acceptance Month, We are talking with a very special woman, a woman who not only has a grown son who is autistic, but she has also dedicated her career to helping others who also have family members on the autism spectrum. I know this firsthand. I've got two boys on the autism spectrum as well. She is Gloria Riccardi Castillo, and she is the director of the Northeast Arcs Autism Support Center. She visits with us today to tell us about how the programs and services available for children and adults with autism have changed, and she's going to share her experience with us. Gloria, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. Well, I want to start with you. So you didn't grow up in the United States. So can you tell us a little bit about your childhood? I know that you came to the United States when you were just 25, and you were only planning on being here for a few years. So what brought you here? Well, actually, um, well, I'm originally from Chile, which is a country in the western part of part of South America. And I grew up in Santiago, the capital. Um, I'm a child of, you know, of five, I have five siblings and just uh, life back in our homeland, my homeland, with a quiet life until um, I met my husband when I was 22, and he actually uh, ended up um, moving us to the United States. Two years after being in the U.S., you gave birth to your first child. It was a son, and your son was diagnosed on the autism spectrum. Can you tell me about those early years and what it was like for you getting a diagnosis at that time? Uh, well, um, it was extremely confusing um, since it took a little while for doctors at Children's Hospital to give us a appropriate diagnosis. He was diagnosed with pervasive developmental disorder, mm-hmm. uh, global developmental delays, and they wouldn't say that autism. And in order to get services, we needed that in writing. So finally, after, because I noticed, um, you know, that something was different about him when he was very, very young, like 18 months, 19 months. But we didn't have a chance to use early intervention services because by the time we get a diagnosis, um, it was too late. He was already three years old. Right. And for those listening, I just want to explain this. So within the last maybe five to 10 years, 
most experts, most education experts will say you need to have a diagnosis before your child is three in order for them to get services or to be provided services. So if you don't know, like you were explaining, Gloria, if your family doesn't know what's going on or you don't have an official diagnosis, it's hard Mm -hmm. to get what you need. And if for me, I mean, I've got two boys that are eight, nine years old on the autism spectrum. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what to look for. So if you don't know what you're looking for or what to ask for, it can be really hard. And autism, right. And autism wasn't something that was discussed, you know, when your son was born. I mean, again, my children are eight and nine. And I feel like even (laughs) eight and nine years ago, there wasn't that much. There certainly weren't programs and services that we have today. Where did you look for for help? Well, again, you know, all I knew was the school. My son was in school, and I didn't understand, really. They put in front of me, uh, you know, an IEP, you know, yeah. the, um, the document that we get really familiar with. Sure. And then I was like, but how do I know if they're doing the right thing? How do I know if this is what he needs? Yeah. Um, so I started a, a parent support group with some of the people, the parents at my son's classroom, uh, because I wanted to learn more, and I keep asking the school for more information. So, um, so that's how why finally, um, you know, I got some information, um, and that I want to talk a little more about that later. But it was just me and having the curiosity to learn more. I went to the library. I got some books out. I want to understand this disability. It was totally new. For us, it was like something that we never expected. Oh, I'm sure. And you're the biggest advocate for your children. I always I learned that from other moms and dads, and, and you were it for your children for sure. And your family continued to Definitely. grow after your son. You had two more children, both girls, yes. who are both neurotypical. And what was it like for them to grow up with a sibling that has autism? Well, I think because my girls were younger, um, you know, he was part of their life. They they grew up seeing their brother, and they didn't see anything differently. They fought with him. They treated him just like they treated uh, each other, the girls. But it wasn't until we start having this play dates at mm-hmm. our house, and their girls, their little girlfriends, will say, "What's wrong with your brother?" So then they started to ask more questions. Um, But I just also want to add that, you know, over my years working with families, they have a loved one with autism. I have met many siblings of all ages. And my experience has been that siblings of children with disabilities, including autistic children, are often particularly caring, compassionate, Mm -hmm. independent, tolerant, and responsive to the needs of others. And that's what I've seen in my two wonderful girls. You know, I love that you're talking about this because this is something that my husband and I always have to make sure that we work on because we have a daughter who is the oldest. She's 12. And I always worried as the boys were getting older that we focused so much on them and the services that they needed that I I didn't want to forget about my daughter and I didn't want to forget about what she can do and how she can help. And you're so right. She is very compassionate and I, I see her as a leader and sort of a caretaker you know, just by default because they're her siblings. So as as a mother who's also experiencing that, what advice do you have for other families who may have multiple children in addition to having a child on the spectrum? What advice would you have for them? 
Well, what I try to do, and this is very simple, because when my son was very young, he used to get a lot of visitors. We used to get a lot of, you know, therapists and, you know, people at the house providing services for him. And I always make sure that they got a special attention, that me and my husband will, you know, set up a special time for them to give them, you know, that time that they need, that attention. And I'm telling you, my girls are grown now, and every once in a while, I'll ask him, do you guys ever felt (laughs) that you were sitting in the backseat all the time and not getting all the attention? And they still say, Mom, no. I mean, we got a lot of attention. They do, they were things, they would think so they were harder and difficult for them, for sure. But you know, we try the best we could. And I think that any parent do the best they can in situations like this. We're all connected. Families that have all been affected by an autism diagnosis. I I love hearing the similarities in your house that are happening in my house. It's making me feel a lot better. So thank you. Um, You know, Gloria, I understand that there was a certain situation where your family was out to dinner at a restaurant. It's a memory that you wanted to share with us. Can you talk a little bit about uh, that and what happened? Yes, of course. This This was one time of the many times that they... Uh, both of them, my daughters, one's named Andrea, the other one's Carly, they really step up and, and try to defend their brother in a, situ- in a difficult situation that they felt they needed to do something. But this happened with um, my son was about eight years old. So my uh, eight years old, my daughter, Andrea, was about five. And we were at a restaurant waiting for our food. And my son, Fabian, was very anxious and started to do hand flapping and, yeah. you know, what we call steaming. And so be, sitting behind us was a couple of ladies who would not stop looking at us and talking among themselves and looking at our table. And, you know, it was very obvious that we're upset, they were uncomfortable, which is something that there's nothing, you know, uh, we can do about it. And, right. and I don't want him to start to steaming because people get uncomfortable. He has, he has the right to be out in the community. So my cute five-year-old daughter turned around looking directly to the people in the behind our table and said, excuse me, ladies. (laughs) She was a little loud. Uh, My brother has autism slapping his hands, help him to calm down. He's not being a bad boy. And we were like, my husband and I were stunned. We're like, oh, we said nothing. The ladies, shut up. And that was, and she was five years old, five years old, understanding all of, you know, I didn't know that she could say that. Yeah. I love that story because my daughters had similar experiences at school because they're a little bit close in age. So when her friends or other teachers weren't quite sure in the beginning what was happening, she just came out and said it. And she was exactly like your daughters were as honest and open as can be like, this is these are my brothers. This is what is going on with them. and, And that's fine. That's how they manage the situation. I love that. You raised you raised three very, very brilliant, very kind children. And I want to give people uh, the website as well for the Northeast Arc as we're talking about this. It's ne-arc.org. And we'll put a link up on the Magic homepage as well so that everybody can get some more information if um, 
you know, if they're looking for help or looking for services as well for their family. And if you're just waking up and tuning in, thanks for listening to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. I'm Kendra Petroni, and this morning we are talking to Gloria Riccardi-Castillo. Gloria has been sharing her experiences of being a new mom in a new country and learning that her first child was born with autism. Let's continue with our conversation. So we've been talking about your early life and the impact that having a child with autism can have on a family, but in your case, it also had a direct impact on your career. So tell us about how you got involved with the Northeast Arc. It's an amazing organization. They help children and adults with disabilities become full participants in the community, right? Yes, yes. And my uh, relationship with the North, Northeast Arc started out uh, many years ago. I received a flyer from my son's school about a presentation at a church near my house. Um, they had information about services, advocacy, um, it, you know, and and it got my attention. So I have to go. Um, so I attended to the presentation. I was amazed to the things that I didn't know. And I just want to say something about this. So we don't know what we don't know. Right. So families need to be in the know. I always repeat that to everyone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so, um, so I didn't know, for example, at the time that if the school my son was attending was not meeting his needs, I could hire an educational advocate. Mm-hmm. And if my son was not making any progress, more services could be put in place uh, for him. Right. Even transfer him to another school that offered what he needed. I was elated. Mm-hmm. Um, the presenter was a Northeast Dark employee. We had a great conversation, and I knew I wanted to become involved with this organization. She invited me to join the parent advisory board mm-hmm. um, of the Family Support Center, and you know, she knew I talked to her about my support group and how I connected with family. She said, you'll be so valuable to us. So I was a volunteer for about two years at the Parent Advisory Board. And then later I was offered a position as a coordinator for the center. Was the it, rest is history. What was it that you <laughs> said for if you don't know? What, what was that quote that you said? I love that if, you know, for parents not You knowing. don't know what you don't know, right. right? Yes. So you don't know what you don't know. So I always say to people, you need to be in the know. When you have a child with special needs, you need to be in the know. Mm. You need to learn as much as you can. You need to make connections because not only the professionals will give you, you know, information or the right path to follow for your kid. Other parents have similar experience. Other people, they have gone through what you're going through will be the best help. That's right. Uh, and the Absolutely. best connections you can ever make. Absolutely. I, I agree with that 100%. And for those that are listening that don't really know what autism is, can you explain it a little bit for our audience? So um, autism is a complex lifelong developmental disability that typically appears during early childhood and can impact a person's social skills, communication, relationships, and self-regulation. Autism is defined by a certain set of behaviors, and it's a spectrum condition Mm -hmm. that affects people differently in two varying degrees. So I imagine you've seen a huge change in the number of programs and services that are now available for families that have a loved one with autism. Can you talk about some of the biggest changes to some of the programs? Uh, The biggest changes have come from uh, legislative advocacy. AFAM is a grassroots organization of self-advocates, families, concerned citizens, 
citizens, and which Northeast Dark is a founding member of this organization. As a primary advocacy vehicle protecting rights and needs of individuals with ASD and their family, each year AFAM has organized and sponsored an Autism Advocacy Day at the State House, oh, which wow. has been an important means for keeping the needs of people with autism in the minds and hearts of our elected officials. AFAM also advocates year-round in legislation and budgetary proposals affecting people with ASD and their families. But I just want to mention some of the amazing achievements on what AFAM has been able to accomplish for families. They have a loved one with autism. This is really important to talk about the legislative advocacy because I just want to tell you, for example, we would not have ADA services paid by insurance. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have services for adults with autism without an intellectual disability. Those are two big ones. So the legislative advocacy part is so important. It is very important to have the legislature correct. And I I like you mentioning, you know, that because now I'm thinking about my family. I don't think we paid out of pocket for services for all of the specialists to come into our home. You know, when my children were very young, you know, before they were three years old, we had providers coming in, you know, all the time. And it does help. So having people like you and organizations like the Northeast Arc providing that or working towards that is so important. Um, You know, I wanted to move on to another topic as well. You know, having a child with autism can be very isolating. I know for my family in the beginning, no one else around me was experiencing this. So, you know, I felt like we were sort of alone on the island until I met families going through something similar. You know, your family might not be invited to a party because they're concerned about your child's behavior or you as the parent might be worried about it not being safe enough. I know I was worried about there being a fence or a lock on the door. What advice do you have in this situation for families that may be experiencing this? Yeah, and I experienced similar things when my son was young. Um, So we decided at some point that we were not going to put ourselves out there. Um, So, for example, not to deny my daughters the opportunity to be at parties and things like that, we always used to drive to events in two cars, for example. Yeah, so same with us. If, um, yep. if my son needed to go, you know, my husband or I will go home with him, and then yep. the girls will stay at the party. The same of going to events, that, you know, big events, ice, ice capades or anything that we were going, um, we'll go in two separate teams, and that's how we survive. But the other part that it was really important for us was to find our community, find our village. Other parents, they have children around my son's age or younger or older, and they we were all understood, you know, our situation and try to get together and do things that will keep us, you know, not, not being as isolated as, as we felt sometimes. So we still have fun regardless of, you know, the difficulties. We have traveled out of the country many times to different places with our son and our daughters. We never leave him, you know, because it was not easy to do this and that. We always, and he he's so uh, used to travel, being in hotels, you know, uh, planes, carts, and automobiles. And that's what my husband and I try to do. We try to not make it messy, but not make it so perfect and so routine that they can't 
experience life because That's life's right. messy, right? So we have to life's find messy. that balance in between. Absolutely. And Let's, this is your life. Right. And disability is part right. of life. So right. we, we have to still going, you know, keep moving. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's talk about the Northeast Arcs Autism Support Center where you serve as the director. What does the center offer? So the center offers many, many things, but, you know, information, resources, referrals. Um, so we have a team, you know, a, you know, answering the phones every day. There's a live person answering the phone and we making connections with families, um, you know, send them uh, you know, not only within our agency, but also outside the Northeast are. We try to connect them. We do an intake. Every time a family call, we do an intake. We ask all the questions. We want to make sure they understand that they can apply for DDS, the Department of Developmental Services, who serve children and adults with autism. So they need to be counted as important um, to do it. And we send the families a packet of information um, we offer trainings um, for parents and professionals, workshops, uh, of all kinds of topics that are, you know, um, connected to what we do, serving families to have loved ones with autism. So, especially education, self-care, healthy relationships, and, and, and much more. We do a lot of family activities. Um, most of them are no cost for the family. So, for example, we were the first program who many, many years ago rented a movie theater and invite families for free to come with their loved ones with autism. Oh. Many families, 90% of them never been to a movie with their child with autism. I believe So it. we rented the full yeah. theater. We have everybody there, and it was a wonderful experience, and we've been doing that since forever. Um so we also have flexible funding, which is, you know, cash assistance um, mm -hmm. for families if yeah. they need it. So the, the families, we encourage them to apply for state services like DDS services, but we also have wonderful supporters um, like the Flutie Foundation and other private donors. They give us the flexibility if a family calls and has a pressing need, we cut through the red tape and are able to offer funding to the family. And after, you know, I've, I've been doing this for too long, but there's always a situation when the family calls that I've called many places for different things, and all the families, the mother, most of the time are mothers, have been hearing, no, we can't do that, we can't do this, and, and yes, we can do many things for them. They just need to connect. We go above and beyond our call of duty to help families. And just to let you know that 50% of our staff is a parent of someone with autism. You know, we only have about a minute left. I, I just want to ask you oh, about boy. somebody who has maybe inspired you to do the work that you're doing, because I know my family is like yours. Having a family member with autism isn't easy, but you're so positive and you're so committed to helping others. Who has inspired you to do the work that you're doing? Um, I have two people inspire me. Um, many years ago, I attended a presentation at a not different organization. The presentation was led by Joanne Simon, which is Northeast Dark CEO and president. Her presentation was around independence, teaching and helping your loved ones with special needs to become self-sufficient. Her slideshow had pictures of her son, Jonathan, living independently in his own apartment, unloading the dishwasher, preparing his meals making friends. 
The notion empowered me and gave me hope for a better future for my own child. She inspired me in ways that were very valuable to me as a mother with a child with special needs and as a professional advocating for others. But another mentor that I also want to uh, mention, um, she had a big influence in my life, uh, was my former colleague and forever teacher and friend, Susan Gilroy. Susan was the former program director of the Autism Support Center. Susan and I worked together for many years in the Autism Support Center. I give her all the credit. Everything I know, I learned from her. Her dedication, compassion, understanding, and acceptance and kindness to people we serve in families, it was um. You know, there's no price, priceless. Mm -hmm. She's an amazing human being. I was so lucky to have had the opportunity to work with her. Um, it was just, you know, um, like I said, priceless. Working with people like you and Simon, Susan Gilroy, those have been like the people that really mentor me and empower me to do what I do. Well, Gloria, I appreciate what you're doing. And from mother to mother, you're doing a great job. I know it's not easy. It, it's never over. I mean, it just keeps going and we just have to figure out it how never to manage is. it and survive, right? I appreciate <laughs> yes, yes. the work that you're doing. And again, for anybody listening, you can go to any-arc.org. Again, that's any-arc.org. For more info, if you need their help or services, you can contact them there. Gloria Riccardi Castillo, it was an honor to talk with you this morning on Exceptional Women. Thank you for what you're doing and continued success. Thank you for what you're doing. Oh, Thank you for oh, what you're doing. Right back at you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kendra. My pleasure. Thank you to Northeast Arc Autism okay. Support Center Director Gloria Riccardi Castillo for being in the spotlight today on Exceptional Women. You know, we talk with celebrities and CEOs, but we're always interested in talking with your neighbors, coworkers, and friends who are quite Quietly making an impact in their communities. I hope you'll connect with my co-host Sue Tab and me on Instagram. You can find us at Sue.tab and at Kendra the Entertainer. We would love to hear from you and be sure to join us every Sunday morning for another edition of Exceptional Women. Have a great day, everyone.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app.